0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drunk Turkey Show, where Blue is awake, I promise.
1: I think he is. <laughs> I mean, doing? How you doing, Big Blue? I was um, doing my research on how to spell secret, so I was trying to remember the name of the movie, okay? And um, it was the secret garden was the one I was trying to remember.
2: <laughs> yeah, secret
1: door. I kept, yeah, I kept telling the guys, I didn't see the secret door. It must have been one of my uh, BBW selections from the secret door, but... <laughs> <laughs> How you
0: doing, Hyman? How's it going? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Not too bad, dude. Now that the weather's kind of changing and it's getting a little bit cooler, the the mood's getting better, the Steelers, uh, they won somehow. (laughs) But now now there's a bye week, so we know we can't lose this week. But over the weekend... There was a uh, article that dropped uh, from Howard Bloom, and I know that you guys have had an opportunity to see it. I've uh, put a video out, referenced what I knew and had seen. I want to get first and foremost. I mean, what were your, uh, what was your initial thoughts?
2: No, well, when I read the article, I don't know about you, Blue, but I thought it was well, real, really well put, you know, uh, especially like describing everything that Eve was going through, what his thoughts were, and his, you know, his plan of exec- way of trying to solve his daughter's murder. And when as, as a father, you want to do everything possible. You want to do anything to find out what happened that day and you want to see it to the end. You know what I mean? And Make sure that whoever's responsible, they have justice for it, you know, and start getting some closure.
0: Yeah. 100%. Uh, there was a couple of things that were coming out of that article. The first one I want to talk about is Steve stated that the four toxology report back in no drugs. Everybody was clear. Were you surprised by that? How do how do you guys feel about that? We'll start off with you. How many things
2: you, you No, know, being a college town, you expect a lot of these um, college students to be, you know, experimenting with not only drugs but you know alcohols and you know different stuff, right? So it's kind of, it's not surprising, but it's like, it's not as common. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. What about you, But What do you think? Do you think it was, uh, are you surprised that they came out completely clean? Do you think that dispels any rumors that there was some sort of drugs involved?
1: I'm not surprised, man. I I do honestly, hundreds of drug tests a week on random people at work. And I probably see a few positive, maybe one or two out of a hundred. So the population, you know, not everybody uses drugs i mean there i think more alcohol i lived up yep. north as a college student yeah there is stuff like that around but it's so expensive up there it costs three times as much as it did down here so uh oh there was beer beer was easy access it was cheap i remember the, the good old days you used to be able to get a 30 pack of keystones for like 15 bucks you know keystone keystone or bush <laughs> lights up in wisconsin <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man one time I was drinking a couple of Keystones, and then I went and got a different kind of beer. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. It's probably one I won't drink anymore. But then I went back to the Keystone. Oh, man, it tasted so bad after after going to a more expensive beer. You know what I
2: mean?
0: What are your thoughts, Jaime?
2: About the beer? I remember when you were broke. When when you were broke, you hit up those MDs. Remember MD 2020? Oh, oh man. Yeah. They'll get you somewhere fast.
0: <laughs> That's true, man. That's
2: true. The, the
1: purple one was delicious though. The purple one, the orange one was good. But uh yeah. I like them D twenty twenty sometimes. And the
0: first time I had one of those, I was with my cousin and I had already been drinking. So I was already feeling kind of good. And I had the orange one and I drank and it. It tasted it tasted damn good to me, you know, because I was already buzzed, you know. And I'm drinking like half a bottle or maybe a whole bottle of that by myself, dude. It was the worst mistake I'd ever <laughs> made. But but it was, you got to learn. Everybody got to grow up a certain way, right?
2: for that, through that. <clears throat>
0: you know, getting back. The other thing that came out and basically the main topic of the show is going to be the uh, possible secret informant. We've been hearing about this throughout this entire case, right? That there's some sort of uh, confidential informant or something of that nature. Now, I assumed, and I'm sure maybe you have or not, but that they were talking about the relatives of Brian Koberger, when they were going through the, um, what is it called, the uh, genetic tree line, looking at his distance relatives, I thought that was going to be the informant, but it appears that, that may not be the case, that there actually might be an informant. What the art stated was that this informant came forward through the tip line, and their identity or whatnot, are, are, they're, protect, they're protected, and which is why the Gonzales family were stopped uh, from talking to this person. When do you think this informant came about? Let's try to break that down first. Um, We know that December 19th is when the genetic tree thing was finalized and they had to name Brian Koberger. And we know that the first warrant looking at Brian Koberger was December 23rd when they pulled his uh, historical locations and his location out of the incident. Those things happened December 23rd is when they had the warrant. What kind of witness are we looking at? Because to me, I felt like the... They didn't have Brian Koberger as a suspect until December 19th. Where did this, where does this confidential informant come in? What, what are your thoughts, Anna? Mm,
2: I think an informant is someone who has information, right? And then there's eyewitness, mm-hmm. right? It's right. different, no? No, I, take... I
0: think, a, I mean, yeah, but I, I think they can classify eyewitness as an
2: informant. Okay, so whoever, <clears throat> whoever called into this tip line, I feel like it had a night witness account more than just information, you know
0: what I mean? Oh. And so when do you think that that came play? Because if they didn't know, like, like for instance, did somebody come forward right away and say, hey, I know it was Brian Koberger because I saw this guy? Or do you think that, like, how do you think? What are your well, thoughts?
2: I, think, I think it wasn't right, right away. Um, I think it was between like the first two or three days, maybe, because they had a description of a car that was traveling around the residence, right? Right. So at least, I think at least they know that the sight witness was just informing a car, a white Elantra, oh. around the same time that the incident, this crime happened.
0: Then in that scenario, they would have seen... <laughs> somebody but not been able to identify who they are by name because they didn't they didn't know who his name was so like like my theory was you know it was the doordasher we know that the doordash person was there at 4 a.m you know for me if it was somebody that came forward before koberger's arrest uh, that tells me that they may have seen koberger but couldn't identify him they hadn't you know had a line or pictures or or anything like that which is a little concerning because if that ends up being the case they had brian koberger's name november 29th right they got him from a license they they saw his bushy eyebrows they put that in writing so you know i i feel like that was just something um that they put in so they can try to get it as far away as possible from um, being a coming genetic tree discovery thing right they're trying to get it far away from that they're talking about the first time they got his name which is very well could be that but if they had like an eyewitness and they had his driver's life picture maybe perhaps that person would be able to identify him and. I think the ball gets rolling on Coburger right away if that ends up being the case. What what, what are your thoughts, Blue? Um,
1: Yeah, I think think at the time of his leaving and arrival, he'd be pretty close to the time if it was Brian pulling up in his car. I think he would have got a good close view of him, especially if he Mm -hmm. was in the area delivering at that time i mean i know some a lot of doordashers that like to drop off their meal and then once they drop it off they don't leave right away some do but some look at their phone and try to pick up another order Mm -hmm. so maybe what he was waiting for another order or she was waiting another order and all of it's a girl they were he couldn't notice somebody driving around right he was looking at his phone
0: the other option is that this witness came forward post-arrest now if the witness comes forward post-arrest the likelihood that that was an eyewitness is small right the likelihood of this person having information if it's post-arrest i think that's greater would you all agree to that i agree if it's a post-arrest it had to be somebody who had information And somebody who knew some things and came forward about it either just before his arrest or after. Because I can see how somebody learning something right around the time that he got arrested, like let's just say December 15th, 16th. Nineteen twenty, somewhere around there. I can see somebody being concerned about something and learning something about him when he got to the Poconos. I can see that being an issue. I can see them calling it in, like, "Hey, I'm seeing some crazy stuff," and we'll get into what those things are, and and calling into the police department and putting in a tip based on their account of what they know at that time. But let's break down both of those scenarios, and do you think that there's a possibility that both could be it? Do you think that there's a chance that there is a witness, the doordasher, and that, you know, that saw something pre-arrest and that there was a, you know, somebody that came forward post-arrest with some information? Like, do you think that there's a possibility that both of them could be true?
2: I think so, especially how this case has been going and with this gag order and everything, a little bit of information here, a little bit of information over there. At this point, it's pretty much possible. And, you know, wouldn't be surprising if there's more than just two. This a witness before the arrest and, you know, information after his um, yeah. identity was uh, revealed,
0: well, the article mentioned a couple of things. Right, they stated that the the tip came in through a a, a tip line. The DoorDasher, according to this article here, it says uh, the DoorDash delivery driver who reported this information. He he or she reported this information. You think that could have been through a tip line?
2: Yeah, that or you know the this summer do like an uh, interview mm, maybe
0: i mean it's possible if xana Kernodal ordered a doordash once they forensically downloaded her phone they would have known that so yeah you're absolutely right they could have known that that was the case and if that's the case then what she reports is solely that she was there at approximately 4 a.m and that Kernodle received the doordash order so if she says <clears throat> that she saw receive this order, then uh, we can believe that she took it in, right? Now if this person is out there around the time when Koberger is going in and out, do you think that there's you know there's a likelihood that this person could see the, the driver of the white Elantra, whether it was Koberger or not, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the probabilities are real high. Especially around that time, you know, you know from some of the videos we've seen, there's not a lot of movement going on. If they're doing turns and whatnot, it'll be really noticeable by you no know, by witness. Yeah, and and,
0: well, go ahead, Blue. DoorDasher, possible possible witness, possible witness. Now, if it was post arrest or around the time that he got arrested, it would have to be somebody that uh, possibly came in contact with Koberger, seen something about Koberger, or was around Koberger. If they're pointing the finger towards Koberger, right, that's the first thing we gotta specify. It appears that this person is stating that Koberger was involved right
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. now from all accounts we don't know anybody that he's close to in point what have we heard about a possible information coming out well that was uh Gilbert, sister
1: it seems it's two different people because surely the world this would have this would have interviewed the dd driver Early on, if so, why would he or she need to call the tip line?
0: What could have happened, and what probably happened, was uh, if it was the DoorDasher, and the DoorDasher was the the uh, the tip. This person dropped off the food at 4 a.m., so they were working pretty late. There's a good chance that this was asleep during the time when everything was going on, and when they woke up and discovered the news, there was probably some sort of tip line that was put out for people to contact and she had information i mean that's the only thing i can think of what do you guys think
2: yeah it could also be that um could also they could also interviewed her and she might have not remembered and decided to call it in instead of uh, call it in because she might have forgot that what she saw that night, you know, especially being so late and being around, you know, who knows how many times she went to different houses they probably remember which one was which at that point. Yeah,
0: that's that's 100% possible. What do you think, Big Blue?
1: Yeah, I think it's the same thing. I think it's more like a mind thing. You know, how sometimes we don't recollect something right away until we start right. running it through our head a few times, be like oh, shoot, I missed that. Or I saw that after you ran it through your head
0: a few times. I know I do that. I think that's possible. I think that, you know, seeing that four people passed and seeing the house, I think they would probably be alerted as soon as they saw it. Now, there could be a situation then that's not the witness, right? Or the witness that they're talking about and referencing to the article. There's a good possibility of that. Now, we know that there's been sources uh, that state that this is Brian Koberger's sisters, one of them, had made some statements. Let's go over what those statements are, just to kind of refresh our memory on it, and then kind of decide how much information is there, how in depth is that information, how detailed is that information, to determine how accurate it could be. Right? Because if it's very vague, and it may not be true at all, right? So it says um, when Brian Koberger's sister feared that her brother was involved in the stabbings of four University of Idaho students before police swooped in on their parents' home and arrested them for murder, according to a bombshell report. Sources told NBC's Dateline that one of the accused killer's older siblings grew increasingly suspicious of her brother and his behavior when the family gathered to spend the holidays together. If this is the sister that didn't live there, because I think there was one sister that did and one sister that didn't, if this wasn't the one that, you know, didn't live there and came for the holidays so she probably wasn't around Coburger up until maybe around the 22nd or so you know what i'm saying now, yeah. that's just my speculation she could have been there since the 13th i don't know but i do believe both of the sisters had jobs at the time i know that they're uh, they've been released at least one of them's been released due to this situation that's going on you know they were both employed there's a good possibility that they were working at that time the fact that they said you know gather to spend the holidays together yeah it sounds like the one that's not living there. Their suspicions were so great that at one point, several family members searched Mr. Koberger's white Elantra for possible evidence of the crime. In mid-December, Koberger, a 28-year-old a PhD student at Washington State University, embarked a cross-country trip. Uh, during his time at home, his family members noticed that he was behaving somewhat bizarrely. The source said that Mr. Koberger was constantly wearing latex gloves, including inside their own home. One of his older sisters began to wonder if he could have played a part in the murders, and at one point, she raised the concerns with her other family members. She loudly pointed out that at the time of the murders, her brother was living just a few miles from the crime scene and that he drove a white Elantra, the making color of the vehicle that was at the center of the investigation. So first and foremost, that's a lot of information. I like, think that's not just a little bit. You know, they're talking quite a bit. There's more that comes out. Do you think this could possibly be one of the witnesses?
2: No, yeah, for sure. I mean, just going back to, you know, there's suspicion. Of uh, maybe he's he was um you know involved with it. It tends to bring out other questions like, what did he do, or what was his other actions that made him feel like he was part that like he could do something like this? You know what I mean? Right? I mean, you got just just because he had the make and model of the car doesn't mean he's like a certain person. So that'd be the the, the suspect. You know, it had to be other things that came with it, like his, the way he acted, like the suspicious that he, he uh, rose for the sisters and you know the way he acted towards them maybe he was angry with them or whatever you know he had anger problems yeah. so like the, I'm, I'm sure there's more to it than just oh he lives a, he lives around her and has mm-hmm. a white a white elantra this go like his car i'm sure sure there was more to it well they, they,
0: they talk I, about the the gloves i think that's pretty big because they're saying that that's not a, a common thing for him yeah yeah so that was new to him now he'd only mm-hmm. been in He'd only been at Washington State University for a couple of months. So he he wasn't there long. I mean, is it possible he developed that habit while he was there in the short time that he was there, I guess? But, I mean, that sounds super suspicious to me.
2: Mm Mm-hmm no
0: for sure so let's continue this it says along with the bizarre tendency to wear gloves all the latex gloves all the time she believed the family member he believed that the family could consider that mr koberger may have killed the four victims the source said now who do you think the source is because i don't think that the source is brian koberger's sister i
1: don't know it could be uh, one of the officers or it could be somebody like other in his family you know family always tells uh, each other what's going on
0: you know for me i think that For somebody to know this much information, it has to be an officer. Who's not privileged or part of that gag order in Idaho? Pennsylvania officer. Where were these, you know, where were these sisters of the Coburger family at? Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So I think that, they would be able to get around that whole gag order stuff because of the location of where Koberger was arrested and yeah. how the gag order isn't effect. So I, I think that this is probably a police officer from the Pennsylvania Commonwealth.
2: Would, would, the, mm-hmm. would the would Coburger's family have a lawyer for them, like for them to speak on on their behalf?
0: I don't know. I, know I, mean? I think they do. Because I think they got one when it came down to the uh, Dana Smithers
2: um, oh, okay, yeah.
0: grand jury that they've got a uh, subpoena to go and talk to. So I think they got a lawyer by then. So but I'm not sure if there's a lawyer that's going to be talking on their behalf and referencing yeah, yeah. you know this
2: case. Yeah, like you said, it sure sounds like a, you know, it might be a police officer.
0: I'll continue. It says Koberger's father alleged, allegedly defended his son and insisted he could have not been, that he could not have been involved. It sounds like he was the only one. Don't you think that if the mother was also defending him, it would have been Coburger's parents allegedly yeah. defended his son? Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Him.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think I think the only person in the Coburger residence that didn't think it was him the was the dad. Some people that, have doubt, but the concerns were clearly big enough for several of the family members to reportedly decide to search the 28-year-old's vehicle to look for possible evidence. By that point, police said Mr. Coburger had already been spotted cleaning his car out with bleach, and so the family members didn't didn't find anything a note the source said when was he spotted cleaning out his car with bleach like that that's 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 a little bit of a question mark for me because was he spotted you know cleaning his car with bleach in pullman mm-hmm. in or in pennsylvania
2: yeah because if if it wasn't in pennsylvania him and the dad were traveling in that car right so they would have been that mm-hmm. would at least notice something right but well
0: not just that, but like, my question is, if the police didn't know Koberger was the guy, or they didn't suspect him number 19, and he was already in the Poconos. So how would they have known, or, you know, how would somebody have spotted him cleaning his car out with bleach? And police would have known about that by this point, unless it's Koberger's sister who said that, or one of the other Koberger sister, the one that does live there, yeah. said that, you know, the day that he got there, he had cleaned it out with bleach. That's the only, that's the only, that's the only piece that fits is that. It had to have been coworker's family member that said that they seen him clean out his vehicle with bleach. And I think it was probably maybe the first day that he got there. He cleaned his car out again, cleaned it up with bleach. So by the time that they decided to go search his vehicle, there was no point in already been cleaned up with bleach. Does that concern you, though? Because the defense is alleging uh, there was no explanation as to why there was no DNA in his car. What do you think, Blue?
1: I said Somebody put in the chat that there was no evidence of cleaning agents in the car, but I would say if you use the bleach wipes and bleach towels, that stuff dissipates after a while. It's like you can use bleach to clean kids' toys, and it wears off after a while, and they put the things in their mouth again so they're not dying from bleach poisoning. It, it's true. Dang,
0: dang, Blue. Way to come in clutch with that medical knowledge. We appreciate
1: that. But that...
0: that That's absolutely true. He went in there and cleaned it with bleach weeks earlier. Because remember, this crime happened November 13th. He was arrested December 29th or so. And so if he cleaned his car out with bleach November 15th or November 18th or December 10th or December 18th, wouldn't be there anymore Um, December 31st when they processed that vehicle. I'm going to look that up just to be on the safe side. I'm going to look
2: that up. I I always had a problem with that bleach um, statement because of the like. – doesn't bleach like um – Discolored like materials and stuff, the colored materials.
0: I think you can get some bleach that that, that one not
1: safe. <clears throat> yeah, it's right. color safe or the wipes. See, uh, doesn't like have that strong bleach where it it stains the stuff. Like we used to use wipes all the time at work, and they have stronger smelling smells than the bleach We We clean like this, like the the blue tables and stuff like that, and they fade after a while. But this, this is like
2: time and time and time again that we clean them every day, and they're not white. Huh? I'll tell you one thing, there was a lot of suspicious things going on around that time. He was doing a lot mm-hmm. of suspicious things. Oh I don't know, maybe they're gonna try like to make it seem like it was a habit of his habit, a past habit of doing that. You know what I mean?
0: With the bleach?
2: No, not just necessarily on that, but like the gloves and stuff like that. Well they got here's the
0: thing. <clears throat> they got they probably got video of him, you know, walking around post murder m- post murders, right? We know that. They got a receipt where he purchased some dickies, what we're about to get into. You would assume that there's a timestamp on there, so you're going to be able to go see what he was wearing. If he's not wearing gloves, how, how suspicious are you of those gloves?
2: Yeah, if he's not wearing gloves, they're going to, you're going to have to throw that whole habit thing out of the window. Out the window, You know what I mean? Right. It's going to be like, oh, he's doing this for a reason and one reason only. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, to me, I think that if they go back and they don't see him wearing uh, said, you know, uh, gloves, I think that's going to be a problem blue. Speaking of speaking of Dickies, here is a example of some some Dickies that we have. So these are black. So a lot of folks in our comment section were saying, Oh, he was wearing dickies, eh? They're they're dark blue. So villain said she saw black, so it can't be the same. One, if it was even the dark blue, it was dark, right? Yeah, that's hard hard to tell. But mm-hmm. they do sell some black ones, by the way. I think people are just assuming that. Because it said clad in black. I, I had some people say he was wearing a sweater or a hoodie. And I was like, there was nothing that was ever disclosed as that. They stated that he was wearing he was clad in black and that he was wearing a mask that covered his mouth and nose. You know what I noticed right here around the waist yeah. is there's no place for a belt. For that. You that know mm-hmm. what I mean? That is that a reason why he's not wearing the sheath properly?
2: Yeah, more than likely. Also, also I've owned a pair of these and the pockets are real shallow. They're not they're not as deep as you think you are. They are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like if you yeah. put a sheath, you know, with a knife in it, it won't completely go all the way down. You know what I mean? It will stick out. Yeah. Maybe that was a problem. That ha- that's what happened there. That he took it out, put it in back in his pocket, did the crime, and it fell out of his pocket. That's possible because of how how shallow the 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 pockets are. You know, until you walked out or walked. Was driving away,
0: yeah. It's possible. What do you think about the fact that if the sheath didn't fit, why didn't he, uh, or he couldn't you know put it in his pocket? He couldn't put it on a belt. Loop, why take it in there with him? What are, What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, look, first of all, the dickies, uh, they're 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 tough, man. They're tough. Um, they have tough material, they're right. water resistant, right? They're Not waterproof, mm-hmm. but they're water resistant, they're steam resistant, and it's pretty hard to puncture it, you know, compared to other other materials, you know, even though. It's hard to puncture. I'm sure he would have still taken the sheath because even if he put the knife in his pocket, the pocket has, the, it has it has a little a different kind of material, in there, a little thinner material that can actually puncture right. through. So yeah. I think that's why he still took the sheath in there. Right. Well, I don't
0: know if he would put an you know, exposed knife in his pocket, yeah. but I do think no that there that there is a there's a possibility or a thought of that he could cut himself, and if he does, game over you know he's going to have dna that he cannot explain. Crime Junkie 7 says he bought it in Washington. Yes, it says that according to the article he had bought a coverall suit or it said long sleeve work uniform which is this this is what the long uh, work uniform is. And it said it was not so not too long before the murders had occurred and they're nowhere to be found. Yeah, people are looking at that two different ways. I've, I've heard oh, <laughs> One group of folks say, Oh, it's missing because he used it and disposed of it. And then I have another group of folks in our comment section that are saying, He, uh, it's missing, so it never existed and it's all planted. <laughs> no,
2: Where do you say? No, I think he disposed of it. Um, if they could, if they, they searched his house, they searched, I mean, his apartment, right? His apartment, his car, his mom's house, or his parents' house, right? And they couldn't find it. And he, there's a receipt that he bought it. The mm-hmm. only thing other missing is, is also the knife. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure that he disposed of both of those. Yeah. I think he got rid of them too.
0: Yeah. Well, it said that he, uh, it, they have a receipt for a K bar knife that he purchased a few months earlier in April. That tells me that he went to Washington predetermined to commit a, a crime similar to the one he committed. My thoughts are that it was always going to be. Uh, Multiple people to make it more of a high profile case. Remember in 48 hours and they were talking to one of Brian Koberger's uh, friends from when he was using heroin and he had stayed in contact with and he had stated that during that time, Brian Koberger had told him that he had wanted to be a detective, but that he wanted to investigate high profile crimes. You know, I don't find that being, you know, a coincidence that there's this high-profile crime and he wanted to be connected to a high-profile crime prior to this shortly before this. You know, my theory is that he wanted this to be a high-profile crime and he wanted to get away with it. So, it didn't bother him when there was multiple vehicles at that house because the more victims he had, the bigger that case would be. Andy Short says it could have been for Halloween. The thing is the uh, I'm, I'm assuming, but if they said the attire here was bought not too long before the murders, murders were after by a couple of weeks. So yeah. I, I think that I don't think that that's likely.
1: And I, I mean, if it was for Halloween. I want to see the photos of him in it or something. I'm pretty sure he would have gone to a party or something where they, he would have came out with a, a costume. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I mean, not only that, like, where is it now? I still have my costume from, from like three years ago. But exactly.
2: I, you, I have the way you bought me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, where is it? Like, like we're, we're suspected, to, we're, we're expected to believe that he disposed of it for, for no reason. A $50 long sleeve work uniform that I, I'm assuming would be very beneficial for warmth reasons in Idaho, right? He's just going to, oh, you know what, I'm going to throw it for no no reason. By the way, I'm also going to throw away my knife because yeah. I don't need it either. Like, and then you got to add everything together. You have the receipt for a knife. You have a receipt for uh, the Vicky's long sleeve work uniform you have him driving a white vehicle without a front license plate the night of the murders by his own admission that he was out driving you have a vehicle that that describes that or that matches that description around the the residence of the residents during the time when it's suspected that the crime was committed Um, you have his phone being off going around the time that the uh the crimes committed and it turns back on after and he's not that far away he's three miles south of of the city where uh, this crime happened you have all those things plus his dna is yep. on an item underneath uh one of the victim's bodies i'm not seeing where where the big hole in this investigation is i
1: was going to tell you a story about when so these dickies i know how i said they're super tough but now when they came to me man dickies when i did electric when i worked as an electrician mm-hmm. especially in the hot summertime you know how you get all sweaty well mm-hmm. I, I i remember one time i had to walk around like half a day. With half my leg taped up because it, it ripped from the crotch down for me, you know, missing a step on the ladder and overstretching them. Yeah, you might well,
0: have... you, I think you bought the wrong pants. Those were the ripoff <laughs> ones. Yeah,
1: those are the assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was turned into assless chaps. I had to go tape myself up because we we're in somebody's house. I was like, man, oh, they got a stapler or something in the truck? I like, no. I said, well, where's the duct tape? Because my pants tore from the crotch all the way down to my kneecap. <laughs> I, I missed a step on the ladder and I overstretched. I, I did a split in the middle there. It's crazy, Will.
0: Northeast Kill New Elliot comes in. So what makes you think he didn't donate it if it was a Halloween costume I and mean, he donated to Goodwill? There'd be no record of that. That's true, there wouldn't. But I mean, what kind of luck do you have that you the, the costume you donated shortly after Halloween is gone? Also, your knife that matches the knife that is, is suspected to have been used in this crime is also... Donated. Uh, he just so happened to touch a sheath that's not related to the knife that's missing, and his DNA got on it, and that sheath was just somehow picked up by somebody, and, and the real killer had a white Elantra without a front license plate and the real killer knew that brian koberger was going to be driving around without his phone during that specific time so that he could frame him perfectly you know the wilder the story gets the less believable it is and that's what i'll say with that thank you jane for your
2: 299s also like there's no record but there's no no habit of him no we don't know of him Giving to Goodwill, neither. So randomly, yeah. he's not going to give stuff I'm, to
0: Google I mean, I mean, it's like I said, is it is it possible? Yeah, is it plausible? Probably not. And you know, if that ended up being the case, we know that that is a um, a suspicion. Don't you think that perhaps actually, if he's innocent, that his lawyers would go and try to find said um, Dickies, like, hey, let's go to Goodwill. Uh, you know, let's try to figure out if there's a transaction. It's not the biggest place in the world. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, they they get a lot of donations, man. They make some money. Make some money. I remember I just saw a little video about how much their nonprofit CEO makes, and it's almost 200k a year. They make some money. I think if it was a donation center, and if it was like at an office donation center, I know those places have cameras because a lot of them get robbed by the homeless people, and they have, you know. Cameras to make sure they don't break into the building and stuff like that. So I mean, if, yeah. maybe if he would have said, Hey, I donated it, they might have him on camera giving it away. That'd be a good yeah. part of his defense to try to find. Right.
0: And I, I saw a question that said that they had only heard about the uh, Dickie's receipt. Uh, what they had was a receipt and a Dickie's tag. And then, according to this article, Aramo says, Only there was no sign of the Dickie's outfit. Police had looked high and low but couldn't find it, just as they couldn't locate the murder weapon. They had a receipt for a K bar knife he had purchased online months before the killings. But this too had seemingly vanished. Yeah, there was those two things. Mitch comes in, member for a month. Thank you, Mitch. Says, could the informant be somebody who took the survey? I mean, it's possible. There would have had to have been some sort of like connection made. Yeah. yeah between Koberger and the person taking the survey. I don't know if there was an actual like conversations or a way of somebody could connect to them. But if there was, then I can see that being a possibility if, if Koberger ended up disclosing certain things about the crime to this person. That's very well plausible. What do you guys think?
2: No, yeah, definitely. That could be possible. How, when was that survey um, put out there for the murders? I think
0: it was around, I think it was around April, man. April when he bought the damn knife.
2: You know what I'm saying? There's too many fingers pointing in that direction. (laughs) Yeah. he,
0: He buys the knife in April. Of 2022. That's around the time I think that survey was up. And then that's also the time where we got that released email from Chief Jenkins from the Pullman Police Department. And they're telling each other, you know, they're, you know, saying their greetings from meeting earlier and referencing an internship position. With the Pullman Police Department. Now, we know from the probable cause affidavit that they stated that he applied in the fall. And I've heard on several news media stations that sources have basically stated that it is they have confirmed that he did not get the position in the fall either. If he didn't get it in the spring, or if he got it in the spring, he wouldn't be trying to get it in the fall and, and failing for it. Now, what do we know? We know that Koberger's had problems every single place he's gone except for DeSales University. And we suspect that the the reason being there is because it's online. He got kicked out in high school from his law yeah. enforcement class because we can suspect or, suspe- or we're suspicious that it's due to having some sort of problem with women because he was placed in an HVAC uh, classroom specifically because... There was no women there. We know fired from his fish cutting job. I don't know what for. It probably has nothing to do with this, but he was still released from that job. He went back to work as a security guard at the place that he was in law enforcement school. And we have uh, it's been discovered that he had a a resignation letter, which stated that if he did not resign, that he understood that he could be terminated for his position. So basically they told him, you you forced. or we're going to fire you. Uh, He ends up going to DeSales where there's no problems there. Well, there's no problems there while he's in campus. There's, but he was while he was attending DeSales is while he was uh, working as a school security guard. Even though there was no problems in DeSales, there were problems in his personal life with his law enforcement security job. Then he becomes a teacher's assistant, and his behavior is so concerning that the other PhD students begin to tally off all the issues that they're having with him. They are super concerned with the fact that he is. Um, apparently asking out this one girl over again. They're, they The students are doing their best not to leave them two together. And I think that's what sparks up the investigation against Goldberger, Uh when he came to Washington State University. And by December 19th, he was terminated from his position before his arrest. He had a lot of problems. Uh, and he killed New Elliot 999 comes back with a, uh, they they were, attracted that airmail article a majority of that article four hours after it was released of you guys listen to that's what we are you know aware of of what brian cover was going through during that time and leading up to that time doesn't sound like a very stable person
2: especially like you said everywhere he went he was getting in some sort of trouble you know yeah Uh, he was having trouble with females or even with um authority you know i mean
0: patrick says the only retraction was Only the DNA not being a drop of blood, it says at the bottom of the article. The other thing that comes out in this article is the conversations supposedly between Dylan and Bethany uh, during the time of the attack to the point where they believe that, I guess, some text messages may have gone back and forth stating something to the effect that somebody may have killed them. What are your thoughts on, on them being able to, one, talk back and forth to each other? Under the assumption or, or the thinking that there's a possibility that people's lives are being taken, they don't call 911. They don't call 911 ever, actually. They call friends later on, and that person ends up calling 911 off of their phone. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. I, as much as I think, you know, Brian Koberger you know, did this, and I don't really think that Dylan and Bethany were involved, but I mean, how do you explain that? Thank you, Naomi. We appreciate you.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to believe that you know for people's lives being taken the commotion would have been crazy up there mm-hmm. the third and second floor yeah it's hard for me to believe that someone would be through it or not know exactly or be concerned of it you know at least it's hard for me to believe yeah you know maybe we
1: should we should uh see if we can get his old boss in the fish fish cutting job on on here and see what yeah
0: yeah. yeah for those that do that deep diving into people you find out who that person was that fired him send it to us and the, the problem is that is, oh, go ahead
1: uh, um if he worked as a fish cutter i mean you get pretty good with a knife if you were there for a while and you know? i've seen uh, a lot of guys that do it professionally and man you can handle a knife without cutting yourself or you know for laying a couple hundred fish an hour I think mm-hmm. he would have pretty good knife skills because of that job itself
2: yeah yeah well, that's true uh, at least handling they will know how to handle the knife at least you know what i mean yeah, for you know, at least that way he wouldn't hurt himself with it or yeah. you know, I mean not have any trouble with it. Do you,
0: do you think that maybe perhaps over his gloves he wore um those cutters gloves? Like the you longer know, ones? No, no, no. they're like made out of like steel.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I
0: know I know a lot of people I don't know a lot of people. I know a few people that work in like meat markets and stuff and they wear them just in case they like the knife the blade slips or whatever, or they're handling the blades and cleaning them. Yeah.
2: yeah. Could be.
0: Could be a reason why there's there's no cut you know one of the things that people say is like man he didn't cut himself you know going up against four people the likelihood that yeah. one of those times his hand would slip is high right and yeah. there's no there's no blood of his there's no blood of anybody else's because you know, pretty much key that there was they would be looking at that information first yeah right? also
2: the well even the keyboard itself has that guard it's real big guard so Even with the, he's doing the stabbing motion and if it has blood on there or whatnot, his hand would have slipped. That guard will stop his hand from slipping. So if anything, if anything, if his hand's going to have anything, it will probably be bruising, you know, on probably around this area from, you know, going in and and actually hitting bone or whatnot.
0: Yeah, yeah, from the guard. You're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. And he killed new Elliot that comes back with another four ninety nine. So we appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much. Uh, it says, last comment, guys, if he wanted to go down in infamy by taking four people's lives, why didn't he, why don't, didn't you do six? Because I think he also wanted to get away with this, right? I think what ended up happening, and this is just my speculation, uh, there was rumors that he apparently had, um, or not he, there was rumors that apparently Dylan had yelled out to... Be quiet because she thought that there were party goers. I think that that is a possibility that maybe she did yell out something, whether it was to be quiet or or something else. I think that if Brian Koberger heard that, you know, it's like anything else. Like if you're not engaged in conversation with somebody and they just start talking to you, you're usually going to miss the first part of that sentence. Right. And most people are going to be like, huh, or what? You know, I think that him being so focused in. And if her statement was just shut up, not not like a series of words that could make up a sentence. And he heard that noise. You know, the first time that this vehicle is seen is at 326 on 700 block of Indian Hills Drive, which is directly behind the police station. He's aware of where the police station is at. He knows how much time he has if Dylan called 911. Yep. And we also have to remember that we've we've talked to. Uh, a student, a University of Idaho student who's a fraternity student out there that's been in the house, and he had told us that Dylan's bedroom, that him and his buddies thought that was a a closet for the longest time because of where it was located. If Brian Koberger goes in there, and his goal is to get away with it, he's not going to touch things as much as he likes, so... He's going to leave the back sliding glass door open, and if he leaves it open so he doesn't have to touch it more, then I don't think he's going to touch things that he doesn't have to. And if he sees what he thinks is a pantry or closet door because it's right in front of the kitchen and right there by the stairway, he's going to
2: pass by it.
0: So when he hears somebody yelling, he hasn't even down to the first floor yet, so he may not even know where it's coming from. The time to go, you know. Time to go.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think it could be easily as easy as him giving himself a, a time. Span. So I'm going to go it's in there true. for this amount of time. And, you know, he did the crime. He didn't notice any of uh, the other two survivors, even, even though um, he yeah. got out of the, the, the door, didn't notice. And his time was like, I'm going to go in there for this amount of time and get out. Like you said, because if he was discovered or even heard of the police station is so close, he could get there so quick.
0: Yeah, he got there from the time that he was behind the police station to the time that he drove in front of the, that first time was two and a half minutes. So, you know, imagine a uh, police officer going there, running code, lights and sirens, you know, driving above the speed limit, trying to get there quickly. And that's not that's not counting any officers that could be in the area already, you know, on regular patrol. You know what I'm
2: saying? It could have been one in the neighborhood. Yeah.
0: And at 4 a.m., I can guarantee you that there's going to be officers at the station, you know, whether they're. You know, handling prisoners who have been arrested throughout the night for uh, drunk related incidences. We know by because of body cam footage throughout that night that police officers were pretty busy. You know, yeah. they had a sign stolen and a bunch of other things. So uh, I'm sure there's more incidents that occurred uh, that ended up with people being in jail or or people having to write reports. You know, yeah, those I mean, reports even... are written at the end of the shift, which is around four in the morning.
2: Yeah. Even the, you know, the police officer was there by the field. Look at what time it was. It was the same around the same time how close it was.
0: Exactly. And so, you know, once once somebody he felt that he was discovered, he had to go, you know, and he just he may have even seen this person, but you know his goal was also to get away with this and so he took off mitch comes in with a 499 super stick super chat comes there's an interview with a fish boss early on not good with customers i think it's a tv type interview all right cool we're gonna try to go find that thank you I appreciate that
1: thank you very much
0: how was he not good with customers was it female customers that he wasn't getting along with
1: kind of history man yeah. <clears throat>
0: Hysterical that anyone thinks he bought coveralls for Halloween. Four ninety nine. 99 Thank you, Ann. We appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was for Halloween. Man. I don't, really don't. I mean, let's, let's look at it this way. I mean, the coveralls Walmart coveralls those are 60 bucks right yeah and it's just a coveralls Uh, you can buy the Halloween costume with the mask and everything for that amount of money
0: (laughs) for less
2: (laughs) for less Paulie,
0: when it comes when it comes back to Dylan and Bethany didn't call anybody Uh, the article mentions Hunter Johnson and Steve Gonsalves going and talking with him now I was aware of that conversation a while ago we spoke about it a few times because I had interviewed um, Christy Gonsalves and I I don't touch with them I'd interviewed him referencing some discrepancies in time and things of that nature. And during our conversation, we talked about the scenario. And I didn't want to bring up names or anything like that because it wasn't out there yet. Now, News Nation had reported that it was Ethan's best friend, right? Now, we knew based on the celebration of life that when Hunter Johnson went up there and was talking about uh, Ethan, he mentioned him as his best friend. And so I'd already known those mm-hmm. things connected. So that's why when we, when we broke it, we said that, you know, Christy had stated that it was, you know, she confirmed what News Nation had reported that it was Ethan's best friend. Yeah. So we, is that according to Ethan or not, Ethan, according to Christy, that Hunter Johnson got a call from the two girls. Now, this is what Christy told me that he, he got a call from girls. And what the report says is that or this article says here is that also that he had received a call from the girls and that he went over and he discovered the bodies and called 911. Now, what I was told was that he had gone over, couldn't get through the door because there was a, um no trigger one. There was a body on the other side of the door preventing him from opening the door and that it took some force, but he was able to get the door open enough to peer in and see the scene that he had seen. He said, get everyone get out. And that was the terminology that was said to me was everyone. Get, I don't know who everyone is, whether it was just, you know, if it was Dylan and Bethany only, if there was other people, we do know that according to the airmail article that there was several kids outside. So what I think happened is I think that Hunter Johnson got the phone call. I think his girlfriend ended up living uh, right next door. So I think he was only, uh, I think it was at the 1112 um, King yeah. road residence. Yeah. And I think he got the, the text message, the phone call, thing is up and it took off and I think um, everybody in that house you know came came forward and went outside to go see what happened. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no for sure.
0: So what do you guys think about that? want well, to start off with you, big boy. What are your opinions, sir?
1: Uh, I was too busy playing around with chat tonight. <laughs> I don't remember uh, you don't know anything I was there. Yeah, I forgot. Sorry. So what, what I'm saying is again?
0: what I was saying was that this is what the information that was you know told to us, right? If there's a body in front of the door where you know, Hunter King get in, that, that body couldn't have been there prior to the killer leaving that room because how are they going to get through there? So that body had to have fallen after had, the killer had left, right? I think this is the reason why the girls don't want to walk in court or be around this situation or anything is that one, they didn't act. They talked to each other they waited eight hours and there's really no excuse for it. And even though they may be in, involved in this case to the point where they had anything to do with why the girls were, or why the victim's lives were taken or, or anything like that. And in in that moment, they didn't they let down. their. not saying that somebody could have been saved or not, but I can't imagine the weight of that. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. So, oh,
0: man, it
1: would be eating me alive, man, if I. And I'm pretty sure they're, they're feeling it. You know, they're, they're normal people. They have guilt. Yeah. Uh, that would be me alive. It's like, hey, I heard something. What can kind of I have done? I do it yeah. all the time, too, you know, like like where I work. So I, I do a lot of medical triage. And sometimes I'm like, we're full house. And somebody comes in. They're having a minor emergency. So I'm like, Man, I already got doctors doing stitches. And I got this next. I got that next. In my head, I'm thinking times. And then somebody says, I got a small allergic reaction. I'm like, okay, we'll put out your paperwork. And, man, they started printing out paperwork. Not even a minute later, like, I can't breathe. And I turn around, they're red. I'm like, holy crap. Oh, wow. bit second. I brought them back. We, we, we got them stabilized and taken care of, man. But that's just like that guilt. The whole night I felt guilty. I'm like, man, I should have brought them back sooner. But they didn't have the hives they wanted. They were had little welts. Yeah. And I see people when they come in and they're they're breaking out to their reactions. I mean, there's red as the tomato. The hives are everywhere. They can't breathe. Those I bring back right away. But when they're not as bad, some people are like, I'm having hives and I had them for a week and for days. You know, I can imagine. I, you know, oh man, I heard something. I could have called and my friend could have been alive because if they passed away or died in front of the door, that means either two things: is that they either fell off the of bed after they, they, they succumbed to their their injuries or. They made it to the door. They crawled there. It depends on how, how bad the wounds were, mm-hmm. and they they could have slowly bled out once they passed out. So I don't know the the, the circumstances of when it happened, uh, who it was that happened. Sometimes you know I, I've seen other cases where somebody gets stabbed and they pass out. They don't remember what happened at a certain point, but somebody found them an hour or two later, get them to the hospital, call an ambulance, and they they live. Imagine that would yeah. happened at that time, and yeah. you know. One thing I wanted to say earlier is that we're almost reaching a year, the anniversary of this uh, horrible accident or incident, not accident, it's an incident. Um, And my condolences go out to the families, you know, tough. And Another Christmas without a uh, family member are going to go through.
0: You know, I I, I talked to Christy the day before yesterday, maybe, maybe yesterday. She said they're doing well, you know, given everything. So a quick update on that. And uh, I, I did talk to her just about general stuff and, and this article um they said they were doing well
2: that's good man because sometimes these kind of things tend to destroy more families than anything you know what i mean especially from feeling kind of like the glue said sometimes even as parents you feel guilty with things that are out of your control you know you never want to see your your kids go through you know bad times and in this situation they lost their daughter you know yeah. you know for them to be doing great you know as a family as a you know the love they have, what they have for each other, it seems real strong. And, you know, and that's, that's good moving on. It's, it's going to be a better closure for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're still fighting. They they want to make sure there is no doubt in anyone's mind when justice is finally served and the person is getting that justice served to them, but there's no, that, that's the right person. And I still feel for, for her and them. I mean, I couldn't imagine like, like, like blue said, the year anniversary is coming up. So I couldn't imagine how hard that's going to be. You know what yeah. I mean? I think, I think Christy still has a birthday that's coming up as well. And it's going to be the, her first birthday without her daughter. And that's going to be horrible. You know? be rough, my thoughts, yeah, my prayers go out to her and our family. Exactly. Daniel, have you ever tried to talk to Steve? Uh, No. I, I just kind of keep my, you know, I don't want to push anybody's buttons or anything like that. I don't like to, I don't want to impose myself on anyone. Uh, yeah. It was more about, I had some information. And referencing what I had seen in the article that was given to me and I referred it back to them and uh, my contact has always just been Christy so uh, yeah. I was referencing only that.
2: Yeah, we want to make them feel you know like they can approach you know them. I mean we don't want to be out there pushing stuff that you know to get information out. It's more I want them to yeah. we want them to feel comfortable enough to come talk to Danny or, or or us.
0: Yeah. And right now there's a gag orders that's pretty pretty strict and, uh, and I don't know. You know, what type of trouble or, or any trouble at all or anything may have came out of this whole grand jury talking?
2: I didn't get into that with her. I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know about that aspect.
2: You know, I just wanted to tell everybody on the chat that um that Danny's shirt is not white. It's pink. It is pink.
0: Because real men wear pink. Uh, Angel, so they're not outraged about the article, the airmail article. I didn't get that impression. It, you know, we talked about. Basically just the witness thing.
2: Yeah, also, you know, Steve is really on the, you know, with his own domestication going on. So I wouldn't think he would be too, you know, trying yeah, to be light.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I think that at the end of the day, the more information that comes out, this is this is the, the vibe that I get. The more information that comes out so that that way there's less speculation and less misinformation uh, is there where they want to be at that's where they want to that's their standpoint they want to say hey you know uh, that's why they don't like the gag order being so strict because with the gag order being so strict there can't be any um objections to some misinformation people can go on about wild stories about god knows what and there's nothing there to refute that and so that's kind of where that is at
2: yeah the gag order from like you said the gag order just creates more um Speculation.
0: Yeah, 100 percent And so, <clears throat> you know, with that being said, uh, I think that's gonna end up building it for us, man. Do you have any final words or last last comments or questions?
2: No, man, I just want to say thanks to everybody that was on on the live, uh, mods, members, you, big blue. Um, want to thank y'all and um uh, thanks for showing some love.
0: I appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for joining. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're gonna have actually we're gonna be talking about Delphi, we're gonna have Rick Snay from Delphi After Dark on the program. He lives in Logan Sport, Indiana, which is very close to Delphi, Indiana. He has a relationship. Uh, I, I don't to say it's a relationship. He, he is an acquaint, He's an acquaintance with uh, Tony Klein, which is the father of Keegan Klein, who was suspect in that crime for or a person of interest in that crime for a very long time. He's got some information, firsthand knowledge, and we're going to be talking about Richard Allen, Odenite Angle, possible crime scene photos that have been linked out you don't want to miss it hit that like and subscribe button ring that notification bell it's going to be happening wednesday night 7 35 p.m central 8 35 p.m eastern that being said y'all we're out of here peace